0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, and anything else that's going on, any pressure you might feel, any any drive or any other especially negative emotion, any guilt or regret or shame or anger or envy or jealousy, just for right now, just let those all just fall off your shoulders, off your heart. Just let them fall away. And Just remember, God loves you unconditionally right now. You don't have to change in any way, shape, or form in order to be worthy of God's love for you. He loves you, accepts you, he he values you, he, you are significant to him, you matter to God. You matter to him all the time, 24 hours a day, every second of every minute of every hour of every day. You matter to God. Now, we often don't even matter that much to ourselves, but you matter to God. One of the things I think happens a lot is we get so pressured. We pressure ourselves. There's so much coming at us, not just from our day-to-day lives, but even from religious circles, from our own expectations about what it means to be a good Christian, what it means to love God. I'm going to surprise you. You don't need to worry about loving God. You already do. You love him right now as much as you're ever going to, because spiritually, spiritually, in your spirit, you are one with him. Your soul is already part of the whole intent. God owns your soul. He owns your body. He created both of those. It's his. Your soul never snuck out from under God's love. Your body never snuck out, oh, okay, I'm going to resist God's love for me. Our problem has never been between us and God. It's been between different parts of us between our soul and our spirit and even our body and our spirit but that's for another day spiritually you you love him now you're if you've been re-spirited born again in your spirit you love him now unconditionally you are both giving and receiving unconditional love all the time you don't stop loving god you can't stop loving god cuz it's your new nature so you're off the hook you don't need to work at it anymore you don't need to prove it you don't need to feel it you don't need to believe it have faith or or, sh- or show it you don't need to prove your love for god It's a thing. It's already in existence, your love for him. And there's no shadow of turning. Just as there's no change in his love for you, there is no change or alteration in your love for him. We're not talking about your soul here. As far as our understanding as far as our connectedness your soul was created by god now your soul has developed bad habits and it's the bad habits that influence and interfere but your soul belongs to god he created your soul he created your body your soul is exactly in the right place at the right time at all times and is receiving and giving the same love that God put in your soul. Now, we don't know the exact nature of our soul, just as we really don't understand our body. We don't know if our body existed before our existence here on this earth. We don't know if our body is going to go with us to the next thing. So we don't under, we don't, there's a lot of things we don't understand about our body. Now, it seems to be finite. We seem to get one for this earth journey, and then we leave it behind when we move on. And yet, we think about the times when people have had these, this is just a question, these, you know, out-of-body experiences at death, and they recognize people. They may not have the same body that they had here on this earth, but they have the same appearance, so is there a connection there? We don't know. Likewise with our soul. With our, our soul without our body, does our soul have an appearance? Don't know. Don't know how our soul functions. We don't know how our soul works. We don't know the nature of our soul. But we do know all things came from God. That nothing exists that did not come from him. And if it came from him, He has control over it, because he's either sovereign and infinite, or he's not. And if he's not, he's not God. If he's not infinite, if he's not sovereign, he's not the God we think he is. He does not have the same character we think he does. Now, as far as we can tell, there's really no reason to believe anything other than He is the God he says he is. Now, our problem is we draw conclusions about his nature based on actions. For instance, we see terrible things going on, terrible things going on in the world, so we decide he doesn't care. Rather than remembering... excuse me, he's got his own purpose. He's doing things his way to hit his goals and that we are, have agreed to it. We are a part of it. We, in our spirit, we see what he's doing and we say, okay, this isn't going to be pleasant. You know, think about his son. He sent his son. Now, he, he did not send his son to die on the cross. He sent his son to join us, return us back into relationship with his father. That's what he came for. Now, to do that, he had to be crucified and pay for the sins of the world and then be resurrected. Those were the steps one, two, three, and four that led up to the reason he came, which was restoration, redemption of you and I. We were that important to God, to, to Father, that he sent his son. And his son knew, Jesus knew, okay, before he came, this is what it's going to take. You're going to be slain and be blameless Pay for all the sin, all the death, all the separation, so it can be restored. So so mankind, so all of us, redemption all in all, so all sin can be paid for. And Jesus, being the Son of God, said yes. But he knew what was coming. He knew. Now, when he came here on this earth, we could talk about, did he retain that knowledge? There's a lot of knowledge he didn't retain because he had to learn it when he came here. And I think that echoes our own experience that we, we had a relationship with God before we came here. And then we, when we came into this earth, we lost we did not retain a lot of that understanding, a lot of the experience, a lot of the knowledge of how the natural realm works, how the supernatural realm works, how the spiritual realm works. We didn't bring it with us, just as Jesus didn't bring it with us. He had to learn just like we do. He had to learn how to, how to walk how to talk, how to eat with a spoon, how to speak to, you know, how to add, how to do whatever, you know, he was a carpenter's son. He had to learn how to do certain things. He had to learn how to take care of himself. He had to learn how to respect his elders. He learned how to read. He had to learn those things. And then he had to, he spent a lot of time learning about his father. Now, because he did not have the, the same problems we have, his spirit, when he came here, his spirit was intact. So his soul had never developed bad habits. So that's the main difference, practically speaking, functionally speaking, between our walk and the walk of Jesus Christ here on this earth is he started out one spirit, soul, and body. One complete entire. One in himself and one in his father. So he he was always complete. You and I were brought into this earth without our spirit intact. So we're having to overcome, and we've talked before about why. Why I, my, you know my first impulse is about the whole learning appreciation, learning gratitude. Jesus already had that. He, there's nothing he needed to learn about lack. He already had. He already valued his father. He valued everything he himself was. He he had an appreciation for it. Those qualities and characteristics that we value, he already had. And all, all characteristics, all qualities, he already had. So he was never lacking. So he never had to make up for anything. You and I were on a journey to be restored. You know, the whole redemption, salvation. It's, a, it's about change. It's about process. When Jesus was walking around, he wasn't changing or going through a a process. He was fulfilling. There were things that he that needed to be done. You know, going back to step one, step two, there was a, a checklist that needed to be taken care of in order. For mankind to be restored to God. And he was just, he spent his life just going through that checklist. Who he preached to, what he preached. He sent life into this world, the healing, the miracles, the things that showed God's power, his compassion. He showed the Father, but he also showed his how he felt about religion. He he exemplified love, and what does love do? It gives. How do we see love? We see the action of giving. God so loved he gave, and and his son Christ Jesus was the exemplification of that. But that did you know? Did that make his life easy here on this earth? Clearly not. Clearly, it did not make his life any better that he knew he was the Son of God, that he had come for a purpose, that all his, you know, he had, just as you and I, he wasn't always like us, except for he never, because he had was always spirit, he never sinned, he never had lack. His soul was always connected to his spirit. So he was always one spirit, soul, and body. But he went through the same things. He learned obedience. He learned to behave himself. He learned to respect his elders. He learned to keep his mouth shut. He learned when to speak, how to speak. He learned the same things we learn. So the process that he learned them through was important to his purpose. But the goal of that purpose, his his final purpose, was not to please his father. He already pleased his father. His father was well pleased in him. And he sent the dove to 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 speak it. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. But every but he had just as you and I have a soul, ours has bad habits. Jesus had a soul. His didn't have bad habits. But it still had to learn how to function here on this earth. So there's the distinction between learning how things work and God changing those bad habits. And we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So God comes in and says, I'm not going to let your bad habits work anymore. So very often what happens is, even if we understand the path we're on and the purpose we're on and the and the project we're working on if we misunderstand which this happens all the time this is part of our our dilemma as a human being is we use whatever resources we have to hide behind we don't want to change your soul Wants to keep those bad habits because your soul; those bad habits give your soul power and control and predictability. And even if it means resisting a good change, very often your soul will say no. We talked, I believe, last week about we want to stay in our cell. Even if the door is unlocked, even if there's freedom going on outside, you know, freedom is hard work. And living as a spirit being is hard work. There's, there's effort. There's, we make mistakes. There's part of, you know, our purpose here on this earth is to make mistakes. Now, let's look at Jesus. Did he do everything perfectly the first time? May I put out there that no, he didn't. When he was learning to walk, he didn't just, okay, you know, one minute he's crawling, boom, next he's walking. No, he learned how to walk. Does it say something like he learned obedience through the things he suffered? So there's the connection of he would try things and it wouldn't work and he would, not want to do them and then he but then he would do them and learn obedience through consequences. We all do that. It's part of a normal expected. It's not something we should be afraid of or ashamed of or hesitant in. Now, look enough when you fall, you say you're learning a bike to ride a bike. We don't think of that in terms of Oh my gosh! You know you fell. You know you're a terrible person. God will never forgive you for falling on your bike, off your bike. It's like no, you were riding a bike. You fell. You scraped your knee. You take care of that. If you need a bandage or whatever, but then you get out and you get back on the bike. And that's really what we want to look at. And that's what Jesus did. He had. He knew what his goal was. He knew his goal was to bring us into oneness with his father, which would be also with him. And again, to do that, he knew the steps that it would take. The ministry he needed to do, he needed to proclaim life and freedom and light to the world. Then the light and the world would reject him and he would be on the cross and carry the burdens of all who have ever been born and have yet to be born, all sin, he bore. He knew he was going to do that. And then he was in ministering to those who had already perished and then resurrected and then ascended to the right hand of the Father. We won't go into the meanings of each one of those, but just the whole point being is there were steps and there were stages and there was a purpose and a plan. And you were that purpose and that plan. And that purpose and that plan has already been accomplished in your spirit. It's a done deal. So now what can you do? Now what do you do? What are you fretting over? Enter into that rest now. Your soul and your body don't need to be complete in your spirit for you to enter into that rest with joy and comfort and peace don't wait till whatever you think you're going to finally get to nirvana when you're one when you're you know one spirit soul and body when you've achieved that certain state whatever you think that is You know, we have no idea if that's going to be in this earth, in the next thing, and the next thing and the next thing. It could be a billion years from now. God has put that peace in you right now because you are one with the Prince of Peace. You are one with the Creator of joy. He is all joy and peace and rest and comfort and goodwill and guidance and encouragement, whatever it is you need, you already have. Just because your soul isn't experiencing it yet, that doesn't mean you've got it fully in your spirit. And you can count that as your reality. When you start struggling with, being angry about something or discouraged or just fretting about something, things that are going on in the world, God has given you peace. He's given you the encouragement, the comfort, the joy. I'm not necessarily talking about the the emotion. We we are emotional beings, so we want to appreciate that. But our emotions, your emotions don't mean anything. We value our emotions. God gave us emotions. They, they're valuable to us, but they don't mean anything. You may feel happy one second, five seconds later, you may be down in the dumps. Neither one of those have any meaning. Meaning comes from your spirit. You can be depressed and angry and have just made a bazillion, made the worst mistake you've ever made in your life and be right in the middle of a victory of God changing something, healing something in your soul and restoring a part of your soul that could only be restored that particular way. God wants what's best for you. Only he knows how to get there. Now, he gives us a light for that path but we are to walk that path in joy with a light heart, with, a lo- with light footsteps. And that lightness comes from your spirit, not necessarily from your soul. We are all going to have, hopefully, experience you know, times of experiencing emotional highs and enjoying the presence of God. But that doesn't mean anything. You know, think about the despair that Jesus had as he hung on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can't imagine a greater sense of loss and separation than he experienced right at that moment. But he was still one with his father. You and I now we have been restored to the Father because of what he did, but you you your purpose also has steps in it and stages, and we can learn it and God can tell us, okay, we're working on this now, and in order to accomplish the restoration of your soul, we need to work on this area. For instance, you have wounds related to your, how you were raised. And you can, whether that's your, your heritage, the color of your skin, the city you were raised in, the country you were raised in, whether you were raised in a wealthy family, whether you had good parents or bad, whether you were an orphan, any of those things. He might draw you and say, okay, we're going to deal with this. We're going to go to these hard places. And I am going to heal and restore your soul. It's not going to be pleasant, but this is what we're doing. There's going to be times when he says, okay, we're going to work on you overcoming your fear of letting other people hurt you. You're, you're holding on to your, your rights in this area. You, you've given your, you know, the only rights you have are the rights I give you. Let me teach you how to come to me when you're rejected so you're not afraid of being rejected. He will tell you this is what we're working at Now there's going to be, because we are so disconnected from how God and from how our soul works, while he's doing this, while he's showing us these are the things we're working on, he's working on maybe 99 other things that we don't have any idea what he's doing. Because if we did, we would interfere. What's important is that we get out of that cell. Freedom is hard. Living in the spirit is hard. Simply because it's foreign. Jesus did not have an easy life walking around as the son of God. He could have. He had the power of all the universe. He could have come down from that cross. He could have turned, you know, the whole world into dust. He could have done whatever he wanted but he valued the purpose that that his father had laid before him. Restoration of all things. Okay, I'm holding out for that. So he was willing to endure. And this is what God does, is he gives us a taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Knowing him is good. Being with him is good. And that's what draws us He doesn't drive us even though sometimes he pushes us really hard in one direction or not by the circumstances of the consequences but it's okay to rest and relax and and be joyful even in the midst of what may feel like a disaster you're going to be right in the middle of what you think is the worst thing that could possibly happen be right in the middle of victory not because how your soul reacts, but because God is doing his thing in you. He is making the changes. He knows precisely what he's doing. And it's not against you. that It's not so you can have a closer relationship with him. You can't. You're one with him. How can you get closer than being one with God? That you're becoming one in yourself, spirit, soul, and body. So I hope that helped. I hope you're encouraged. And I hope you have a greater sense of joy and comfort and turning to him and asking him for that and to not rely on how you're feeling. So thanks for tuning in. Continue to send me in any questions or feedback. It's always appreciated at Diane at all or, or through Blog Talk Radio. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.